questioned a lot in my life, why am I here? Mm. I think we all have had those moments. Like, what is what is the point? What, why, why am I, especially me, I'm like, why have I been born into such a crazy, isolating situation? Why me? But I know why now. And it's to share my story, to help others feel less isolated and less alone and less weird because we get asked these questions this is why and it's it's bigger than me I feel like a lot of our situations that we are put in there's a bigger reason a bigger why and now I know and I'm really proud I'm proud to be me I'm proud to share my story because it's although it's a, a unique one it's a hard one too but it's a beautiful one We all have a story to tell. The longer our lives, the richer our stories. When I look at you, I see a woman of strength, integrity, character. A woman who has seen hardships, struggles, pain, and loss. A woman who has compassion, love, courage, and power. A woman who has succeeded, failed, and learned. A woman who will continue to persevere and thrive. When I look at you, I see a woman who is wise, not withered. Hello and welcome to the Wise Not Withered podcast. We are on season four, episode number nine. And this month's guest was Rachel Goh. And I found Rachel through her own podcast, which is called The Mixed Movement. That's M-I-X apostrophe D movement. Um, In her podcast, she and her siblings talk about their experience being biracial. And I just got kind of obsessed with her podcast, honestly. I've listened to almost every single episode. It's just so fascinating, so interesting, and just so funny at times too. And I was really excited when she got back to me to um, do this interview. And as usual, I will let my guest talk more about herself, but just to give a little bit of background, um, Rachel is a transformational coach, a life coach herself. And I was really honored to talk with her. She shares such a unique, fascinating story of her life and her journey and things that she's learned and things that she is currently doing now that are just so inspiring. And it really is not a surprise that she inspires people as the work that she does. So without further ado, here is Rachel Go. All right. Yeah, let's let's just get right into it then. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I always say that. Let's get right into it. Um, yeah, so uh, what is your age? I am 42 years old. 42, cool. And what what roles do you hold in your life? Like, what do you call yourself? What do other people call you? Well, I am, oh my goodness, I feel like over the years I've worn a lot, acquired a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> of skills, um, my first career, I've been licensed for 20 years as a manicurist, okay. um, and I have, that's taken me all over the country um, in various ways, 
my focus is and my passion is right now and will continue to be mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because it's a really important topic that I've decided to start talking about and yeah. helping people work through, which is being mixed race. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I feel like we haven't had a space to talk about it. Right. Um, it's pretty dynamic and kind of unique mm-hmm. to be mixed race. And um, especially my age, when I was younger, there wasn't a place to talk about the complexities. It didn't feel, I never felt safe because nobody really understood. And about two years ago, I had this idea to make it, make, make that space, make a change in the world, in that realm. So here I am. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's, there's so many follow-up questions I want to ask. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll go in order. So you mentioned you, you've been doing, you're a manicurist, like that means like doing yes. manicures? Yes. Okay, so like like you are the one doing the manicures. <laughs> yes, I am. I am the service provider. Um, and that, especially doing that as long as I have, I feel very blessed to have been able to sit down and honestly get to know people right. from all ages, all different walks of life, um, in a very personal and close space. Right, and yeah. it's it's really interesting when you sit across from somebody directly, um, they feel a lot safer Mm -hmm. and then you add touch, especially Mm -hmm. physical touch. It is, it's amazing to me what people have shared (laughs) with me over the years. Um, so I feel like I, I feel very blessed for getting to know so many different people in such a deep and personal level. Not everyone, but that is how my life has changed though. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm originally from outside of Chicago, Illinois. And I, the first three years of my career, I worked at a salon on the North side. It was actually my sister's salon Mm -hmm. on the North side of Chicago. And I've had several clients, but a few that became friends. Mm -hmm. And one um, knew that I wanted to move and I wasn't sure where I was going to go and she's from Washington State and she said you know I know you want to you want to change where I'm moving back to Washington if you want to join me and I did wow. and I was in 2005 okay which is wild yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then I moved I lived here for about three years and then um, kind of similar, I, a hairstylist that I worked with, she and I went on vacation to Maui and we came back and everything was fine and great and wonderful. And then her life shifted and she said, that's it. I'm moving to Maui. Do you want to join me? And I'm like, well, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so no. I moved to Maui and I was there for about three years and then moved back to Washington. Okay. Okay. That's, I, I was going to ask like, how did manicuring like take you around? But I guess that that's yes. the answer. That's, that's it. It's between clients and, and coworkers and, yeah. and it's just kind of in a, in a way that you wouldn't really expect. Right. Just relationship building. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I guess it, it was important, I guess, that you mentioned you wanted to move. And so your client knew that you wanted to move. So kind of like putting that out there and having people yeah. know what you wanted to do. Yeah. 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 Um, let's see. Why don't you talk about your coaching business? So when did you start that and why? I'm, I'm sure there's so much there. <laughs> so it's, it's funny. I started this career kind of backwards, yeah. <laughs> if you will, because I began with my podcast. Okay. And I realized I, I, I completely wanted to build a career in this. I, I'm very passionate about this topic mm -hmm. and I wasn't sure how to um what what facet to go with to earn an income in this realm mm -hmm. and I realized that through the 20 years of, of being licensed as a manicurist I've developed a lot of inner a really good interpersonal skills yeah, yeah. and um so it just kind of came to me one day as, as oh I I have this skill. I don't, I also owned a photography business for about five years. Okay. And that was great, but I missed working with people. Mm. And I, I learned about coaching, so I decided to apply that into my world. And it is, it has been amazing being able to help people like myself, or actually some people not like myself, um, <laughs> work through some really deep things and um, structure some a plan to make shifts in their lives that they've yeah. always wanted to but had never been able to. Mm. Um, I have helped a couple of my clients move out of areas that they didn't where they didn't feel safe mm. because of their race. Right. Um, I am working with somebody who is phenomenal and wants to do big things and build a um, addiction facility for mixed race individuals because oh, wow. we are the highest demographic to be susceptible to uh, addiction um, mm. homicide depression mm. um, so it's, it's been very rewarding very incredible in a way that I didn't expect yeah, and um, I don't know if I missed. How long have you been doing it now? Two years. Two years, okay. So I'm, rel I'm relatively new in the coaching realm, um, but I don't feel like I am mm -hmm. because, because of how long I've worked directly with people. This right, is just right. in, a different, in a different facet. Mm -hmm. like, like more focused now on that versus like you're kind of doing it as yes. you're, yeah. Right. Yeah, cool. Um, what's the name of your coaching business my coaching business is um love yourself coaching okay uh I, and my email address is coach rachel go um and my podcast is the mixed movement mm -hmm. podcast yeah so talk more about your podcast so i i have listened to i think like the first five episodes and a few others oh, like in you. other places yeah thank it's you. it's so it's so great i i am also mixed race too and it also felt like wow these are things that i didn't realize like so many people were experiencing and i'm you know it's it's so relatable Yes. Um, oh, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Thank when? You. So you've been doing that also for like 
two it years, right? in May of 2022. Okay. Oh, oh, so, so it's it's been yeah. a, like a year and a half. Yeah, a year and a half. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, it took a lot to get it up and running. Right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but this is, I, I kind of, I love the backstory. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's amazing what beautiful things can stem from tragedy. Right. Um, I, I'll start with my family members. Mm-hmm. Um, my co-hosts are my half-siblings. Mm-hmm. We knew of each other growing up, but we weren't raised in the same household. We share the same father, mm-hmm. and they share the same mother and father. I wasn't really, I didn't hold a relationship with my father. I wasn't really allowed to mm-hmm. growing up. My mother had her reasons, and I understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, but about four and a half years ago, I received a message from my half-brother saying that our dad was not doing well and he's being put into hospice. So I flew down to Texas to see him and say my final goodbyes. Mm -hmm. And that was when we reconnected Mm -hmm. as siblings. And my sister uh, pulled me to the side. It was just her and I um, in the room with our dad and explained to me that she'd always wanted a relationship with me hmm. and was really sad that that hadn't happened and she looked at me and of course I'm, I'm crying my eyes out <laughs> she said can we can we start over now can we can we can, will you be my sister <laughs> yeah and so ever since then every single day she and our brother have texted each other good morning every single day I don't hmm. think we've missed a day um and we FaceTime pretty regularly, and we're pretty close. We definitely have picked up where we, I guess, left off. Um, and I really, I, I love and appreciate them so much. It's like, it's like we were raised together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple of years ago, I faced a major loss. My home flooded. <gasps> And I also, at the same time, had ended a relationship that ended very badly. Mm. I had to go through a four-month battle to get a restraining order put in place. So I lost my home. I felt like I was hiding and were put into hiding. Um, And I, you know, here I am, a single mother with three children and nowhere to go. And I just stopped for a moment and thought about it. I spent so much time panicked mm. in, in panic mode and I was advised to sit and face it for a moment mm. um, by my therapist who was brilliant and um, in, in that time I thought okay what do I want to do now everything that I knew that I had that was is no longer and I realized I'm like this is actually the cleanest slate any adult could get yeah I have nothing (laughs) I closed my photography business and that was that was when this idea stemmed I said you know what since I have nothing left to lose and only everything to gain I'm going to put myself out there I want to start this podcast 
don't have a space to talk about these things. And so I called my half siblings and I, and I asked them, I'm like, are you, are you in? They're like, absolutely. <laughs> Let's do this. So that was when the idea was born. It was through a pretty, pretty tragic, um, traumatic experience, mm-hmm. but it's been incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that that was about to be my next question. Like, when did you find the strength to? But I mean, yeah. you, you answered it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's yeah. I I can definitely relate like hitting that really low point. I'm like, all right, like, this is the time yes. to make a change. Yeah. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess talking a little bit more about your coaching, how, how have you noticed like changes within yourself? Like as you have, oh my goodness. <laughs> so you mentioned you have had a therapist, but then being on the other side of that, like in a more um, purposeful way. Yeah. How, how have you noticed your own, your own I, self Because 
every single one of us has a story. Every single one of us has been through something to whatever degree. And I greet people, new people especially, with a lot more compassion and understanding than I used to. Mm -hmm. I've never been a mean, judgmental person, but that is now in the front of my mind, knowing that truthfully we've all been through some hard things. Crazy. Yeah. Just a lot more compassion for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Do you do those kinds of workshops very often? Um, I am calling more into my life right now and speaking events as well. I, nice. I did have a, um, I was a, a speaker at a small event at a winery uh, this summer and that was a phenomenal experience also to be able to get up in a room of women and, and talk about the things that are really important to me mm-hmm. and share my story and my experience, um, especially to even further other people's understandings of we've all been through things. You, you can't you can't guess just by looking at somebody mm-hmm. or you know don't judge and, and think to yourself, wow, her life must be perfect because <laughs> nobody's life is perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Wow, um, I guess a little more more open-ended questions. What inspires you? What inspires me? Oh my goodness. So (laughs) I, everything, (laughs) a lot, a lot of things inspire me, but most of all, goodness, I am encouraged and built out of love. We all are. And anything that I do, I know will come back to me. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I go through, go about my day, I always start with love first. Um, also, being a mom of three children, <laughs> sometimes it's like it gets a little tested throughout my day. But <laughs> um, truthfully, I firmly believe that, that you get back what you put out. exciting thing you've cooked recently? Um, I am very into lentils and different curries, Mm, which has been very fun and different and absolutely delicious. Um, Fried rice patties. Oh. Yes, you make sticky rice and fry it. And then I make different sauces to to put over. And then I I love mushrooms. I'll do like a, a mushroom. It's really adorable. My children uh, want me to open a restaurant. 
Yeah. <laughs> They're very little too, and I'm like, wow, that sounds like a lot of work, you guys. <laughs> we'll help, Mom. We'll help. I'm like, I don't think. Okay. <laughs> it's really cute. It's really cute. Yeah, it's sweet. What are some things that you have learned from them? Oh my goodness, um, a lot of patience. Yeah. A lot of patience. Um, one thing that I find really important and I'm trying my my hardest to establish a really solid foundation because I didn't feel like I had this growing up is communication mm. you, um, you said you did I, not have that growing up or you I, di- I didn't have okay. I didn't feel like I could communicate with my mom about certain things growing up yeah. especially when it came down to the hard things and the weird questions that mm-hmm. I were I was asked at mm-hmm. school mm-hmm. Um, and it that led to a lot of depression a lot of anxiety especially as a teenager so mm-hmm. knowing I, I would of course you as a, as a parent you want you want things for your children that you may not have had and I've always that being said I've always you know, got down to their level at eye level and communicated with them. Um, I want them to feel safe and heard and understand why I say no and why this is a yes. And it's, I talk a lot <laughs> to my children throughout the day. My voice is almost gone by the end of the day just because I, I clarify things and I explain to them. And um, my favorite is at bedtime with them I ask them four questions in hopes of building that solid foundation of a safe space to communicate with me as they get older and the questions that I ask them are um what what was the best part of your day what mistakes can we celebrate too Hmm. in in hopes of teaching them that mistakes happen mistakes happen for a reason and what can we learn from them they're nothing to be ashamed of no nobody is perfect so we we talk about a mistake that happened or an incident and what can we learn from it and then I ask them what was something kind that you did for somebody today and what was something kind that somebody did for you Hmm. so those are my my four topics every night at the end of the night that I cuddle in bed with them and I ask and I, I'm hoping to raise some pretty mindful children. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, it, it also, I feel like right before bed, you know, that's like one of the last things they hear and their brains are working mm-hmm. on it and maybe even preparing them for the next day of like mm-hmm. putting that kindness and lessons into their day. Yeah, yes. that's that's yes. great. I love that. Are there coaching? Yeah, (laughs) it is. Things I've learned. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, you learn a lot. You learn about a lot about their lives and and their worlds through, through doing this. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Maybe switching gears a little bit. What are some hobbies or leisure activities that you enjoy? I enjoy cooking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's a big one for me. Yeah. Um, I it's really funny. I don't watch TV. I and a lot of people are surprised about that or movies. But those are just not 
they don't engage me enough. Mm. I love to listen to music and do things. Um, I love to dance. I know it sounds crazy, but I love having like a silent disco. Yeah. <laughs> um, <Love> it. <laughs> it's important to move your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do love to work out and go for walks. I am definitely more of an artist type. So I, I've, I used to sew um, and I'm excited. My oldest is at the age where I can start teaching her. So I'm pretty sure I'm going to be picking that back up soon. Oh, nice. Um, just creating whatever I possibly can to, um, I guess, whatever my, my mood is for right now. I'm really into pressing flowers and Ooh. making art and cards with that. So, <sighs> yeah, lots of different things. Mm-hmm. Lots of different things. But working out is actually one, one thing that I absolutely love to do. Mm-hmm. I'm really proud of my body. Mm-hmm. I am... 42 years old and I've carried three children two at the same time (laughs) and and I have a fully functioning body that has done some pretty amazing things and I think it's really important to honor that throughout your day throughout your week Um, so I like to take care of my body and and push myself I'm really proud of where I am right now Mm -hmm. Um, all things considered so that that is another thing that I'm really passionate about is being being active being physical being capable and giving your body the the love that it needs Mm -hmm. your food and movement yeah yeah definitely what kind of music do you like it's all across the board Um, I'm a big Spotify listener Mm -hmm. and Every year, at the end of the year, they put together, you know, your your stats. Right. And typically, um, like I think it was last year, it was 165 different genres of music. Wow. So when I say that, it's all across the board. It's all across the board. Yeah, totally. Um, whatever, whatever suits what my mood and whatever, um, and that's why I love music too. Is it, it can spark something in you, and when it does you feel it mm-hmm. it's art it's a form of expression in in ways that you might not be able to vocalize but when you hear it you feel it mm-hmm. that I love it's something that makes you you know light up from the inside or cry or want to dance um that's it, it's beautiful I wish I could sing <laughs> 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 this is one thing I'm like maybe one day I'll try to take voice lessons but that is not right now yeah (laughs) do you play any instruments no no okay (laughs) no I don't I I have not been um I've not had the best rhythm growing up so I've actually been very shy when it comes to music and dancing but through working out strangely enough I've gained that sense of rhythm yeah um, which is kind of surprising so actually just last night I went salsa dancing with some friends and so I'm learning I'm learning new skills yeah oh that's great yeah. I love that was that the first time you'd done that or is it no, an ongoing thing um I've I would say if over the last year or so I've, I've been learning salsa uh, it's a beautiful dance it's yeah. an art it's amazing. I'm new 
but it's fun. Yeah, that's that's so cool. Uh, what recharges you? I guess, of course, you're cooking and eating, but like, yeah, yeah, rest, no. rest mm-hmm. um, meditation, mm. um, peace, quiet. Sometimes, especially as a mother, yeah, when I when I have an opportunity to just be home alone in silence, I just I that's what I like to do. I like to journal. Get, it, get your emotions and your thoughts and your feelings out and that's actually one of the most important uh, tools that I insist <laughs> or um, push my clients to do is journal every mm-hmm. night yeah. it's cathartic and it's amazing what comes out um, and it's really, it's just an important thing to do especially to get it out get it on paper mm-hmm. And then years down the road, you can read through and see where you were and see how far you've come. Yeah, definitely. So that's really helpful. But I really do like to rest and sleep if I can. (laughs) I feel like we don't don't, um, get enough sometimes. I um, am working on that myself. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And learning. I... I feel firmly that one of the scariest things is a stagnant, stagnant mind. And I feel like growing up, I met a lot of, um, a lot of older people that were very stubborn and said, I don't need to learn that. I, I'm, 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 I know everything. I already know that. The scariest thing is, is a stagnant mind. Um, I've also acknowledged when I was younger, especially right after I moved to Maui, how important learning is and that Mm. is actually something that has always driven me is wherever I go I want to know everything that I possibly can about everything around me Um, so especially when I lived in Hawaii learning everything about the culture and the food but the land and the history Mm. and the ocean and even you know the fact that there are no snakes on the island is really amazing to me so it's it was a really safe place for camping and you know adventuring and hiking there you have very very few land predators and just learning everything I possibly can about Mm. the space I know isn't that crazy yeah yeah that's that's so interesting which is amazing to me the the worst view of two that you have to worry about um wild pigs and um, and goats. Goats. Yes. Those are those are the two, and then centipedes. But um, yeah, it's really. It, I, I find it really. It drives me to learn as much as I possibly can about as much as I possibly can. <laughs> I think that's why I love to create and I love to cook. I love to see how things work, and um, I know that that. I've, through the knowledge that I've gained from learning about all different things has really helped me help my clients Mm. in coaching as well because I know, I feel like I I know a little bit about a lot of things Mm -hmm. Um, and so I feel like I've become a fairly well-rounded adult but I'm not, I'm not done. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not, I'm not like, oh, I know everything. I'm good here. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. So yeah. learning learning 
Mm-hmm. Do you do a lot of reading, or is it more like hands-on stuff? You know what's interesting is <clears throat> I had a mild dyslexia when I was growing up. <sighs> so reading for me has not been enjoyable historically. Yeah. Uh, but I have been... I'm, I'm really passionate right now about learning about generational trauma. Mm. And so I've been going to the library and, and reading as many books as I can, which is very, <clears throat> it's very different for me, mm-hmm. but it's a beautiful challenge. Um, and reading books about mixed race too. Lo- there are quite a few, um, which is amazing that people are sharing their stories and their experiences at, with the world. So right now I'm focused on generational trauma and also mixed race and other people's experiences globally. Yeah. What are some of the, what are some of the books you've read? Cause I, I've been diving into that too. I, so many of the things you've shared, I'm like, me too, me too. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, right now I am halfway through with Go Back and Get It. Oh, who's, um, who's that by? I've never oh, heard of that. It's so, it's so good. <clears throat> Dion, I'll, I'll have to look it up. Mm-hmm. Um, she talks about, so she's an inter, she's in a interracial marriage, and she, it's her story of going back and trying to figure out her ancestry. Oh, and it's wow. it's wild the the things that she has had to kind of navigate through. Um, her great great grandfather was a plantation owner in the South and um, his wife was not able to have children and and it's a, it's a tough thing to talk about but his wedding gift was a slave and he procreated with her <clears throat> so in, in the 18, late 1800s they create they, she birthed six biracial children <sighs> and, and the, it, it's just crazy because it stops there there's no, in his obituary, when she read it, there was no mention of children. Because that wasn't really a, a, allowed right. back then. Wow. So oh it's, my gosh. it's really fascinating. And um, especially when speaking in terms of, of generational trauma and slavery, mm-hmm. it is. It brings up a lot of emotion in me, which is just driving me to keep keep going. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <clears throat> it's fascinating and yeah. it's hard yeah uh, but it's really important to understand mm-hmm. these um that is and it's not just mixed race it's not mm-hmm. just minority groups mm-hmm. when you think about i mean i'm also part german <laughs> there's a lot a lot of history from my ancestors too so right. it's it's, I think it's really fascinating and it's really important to understand and I'm just at the very beginning of, mm. of learning about this yeah. but it's I feel like it's important mm-hmm. have you read The Body Keeps a Score? not yet but it's on my list it's, have you? yeah it's it, it was very tough to read yeah yeah I, I only read it in the middle of the day like I didn't start or end my day with it <laughs> Yeah. It's not a bedtime story. No, no, definitely <laughs> no. not. Oh, yeah. And yeah. have you read My Grandmother's Hands? I, that is on my, the next book I'm checking 
Downey yeah. Corbin Library. Oh my gosh, that yeah, yeah, that is that, one? Okay. that one is I, it's um it's amazing. <laughs> okay, good, good, yeah. good. I'm excited. Um, I also am really excited that there are a lot more shows and films about being mixed race, yeah. biracial, and um, unfortunately it'll take me a long time to get to them because I really don't watch a whole lot, but I love that at this point in time where we are, there are more books. And there are more documentaries, and there are more shows, yeah. and people are talking about this, which is just driving the importance of my work even further. Mm-hmm. Because it is a scary role to take on. Yeah. I'm putting myself out there so publicly through right. my podcast, especially. Mm-hmm. And I have had the honor of meeting several people through social media that I've had meetings with who are in hiding mm. because they've received death threats because they're, I mean, just horrible <clears throat> things, horrible, just for being mixed race. Wow. And it's, you wouldn't, you would hope that racism would not exist with what we've gone through historically to, to reach the end of segregation, <laughs> the end of slavery. And you would hope that we would be at a different place, but it's still pretty prevalent. Yeah. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And the, the mixed race demographic is the fastest growing demographic in the U.S., growing three times larger than any racial group. Yeah, makes sense, yeah. So that that is, it, 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 that does two things. It adds a lot of hope for the mixed race community that the more the more our demographic grows the less of a stigma there will be mm-hmm. the less of a separation there will be and also drives me even further to continue the work that I'm doing because we're not there yet mm-hmm. and there are going to be a lot more people that I hope to help through my podcast and through coaching mm-hmm. um learn how to navigate these really interesting situations that Mm -hmm. we've been faced with. My own curiosity, how do you go about finding new clients? Um, all different ways. I, when I first started my podcast, there was a community on Facebook, a closed group for mixed race people, okay. and I posted in there, and I asked, you know, would anybody like to be interviewed? <laughs> um, and so I think my first four interviews were people that I had met through that group. Okay. Um, now, a lot of, a lot of, the more I talk about it, the more people recommend people, hmm. too. Um, <laughs> currently, I'm working on scheduling, uh, it's so funny, somebody who I met at the farmer's market, <laughs> who 
Um, and there is a really amazing um, uh, c- community here um, who they put on BIPOC mixers, mm-hmm. which is pretty incredible. And so I've been attending as many of those events as I possibly can and networking there. And yesterday, actually, there was a conference. It was a connections, connection and community conference. And it was an all-day event. And, oh, my goodness, passing out business cards and talking to people and you know, from all different um, facets and realms in this community has been incredible. Um, and, and that is one thing that I do really I guess it excites me the most about about my podcast is it's very it's it's very it's varied. <laughs> I don't it's I don't just talk myself. I don't it's not just my half siblings and I. It's um, a hybrid. So um, and it, it's been really exciting. Uh, one of my most recent episodes was actually a dear friend of mine that I've known for the last 18 years he is uh, he's a white dude oh I think I listened to that one yeah I love that episode it's one of my favorites because he's very unassuming when you see him Mm -hmm. Um, he he wouldn't stand out as being the person that he is Hmm. but he has been a an advocate for minority groups for, gosh, the last 30 years or so. Yeah. And it, he's, he's, I think he started in the 90s up in Seattle holding talks. And he said, my first talk, seven people showed up. By my third talk, I had 150 people. Wow. And I'm like, this is why we're friends. <laughs> this is why. And he's just the nicest human being. But the thing that I absolutely love and I'm learning about and I, I may become a Baha'i is he is of Baha'i faith. Right, right. And the reason why I wanted to interview him because it's because there's one key element that when I learned about this faith, I cried. Hmm. I felt so like globally accepted mm. and loved and they in, encourage interracial marriage <clears throat> the Baha'is yeah. because their theory and their thought which is true is the more we we blend our, our cultures the less diversity the less there will be racism mm-hmm. the less you know they over here and <clears throat> you know it's just it's a beautiful it's a beautiful view Right, right. And it, it as, a, as a biracial, mixed-race person who has felt um, discriminated against and, like, I don't belong mm-hmm. in any one dem- demographic, yeah. it just feels safe mm-hmm. to know that there are Baha'is all across the world that encourage these things, yeah. these relationships, yeah. learning about other cultures. That's and, great. And, bringing them into your your life and encouraging others to to question the things that might scare them about different cultures and learn and it's amazing it it just it feels safe finally (laughs) yeah yeah that's beautiful but yes I am learning about the Baha'i faith through my friend who I interviewed on my podcast Mm -hmm. and 
mm-hmm. about the faith and, and different cultures. So that's really important to me right now, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I loved your answers. I, I, I was wondering how you find your coaching clients. That, um, so through, primarily through social media. Okay. And um, I do have an ad in my podcast for my coaching business as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But primarily through social media. And when I first started, I didn't um, niche down into the biracial mixed race field realm. Mm -hmm. Um, So I... My first several clients were actually on different continents, um, oh. which was amazing. Uh, I was essentially, you know, I, I offered a lot of, I took on a lot of free clients, and um, I'm really happy that I had that experience because it true, it truly makes me believe that we are all connected. Mm-hmm. We all struggle with not necessarily the same the same issues but similar mm. um and I am really grateful for those those clients that I've been able to work with but then getting into this facet has been I primarily find people through my social media who follow mm. me um <clears throat> and word of mouth also mm-hmm. I've, I've had several clients refer their friends Nice. To me, which just feels wonderful. <laughs> right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, all right. I guess you you did talk about like hitting that low point. Would you say that is one of the biggest challenges you've overcome in your life? One of the biggest. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I've I've overcome a lot. Um, actually, in this uh, workshop that I attended yesterday, we had to write down on a post to note some really tough things and I was like where do I begin <laughs> um to be honest with you I think that I'm still working through this mm-hmm. uh, I think a lot of us as we get older are more comfortable facing some childhood traumas mm-hmm. and I would say the biggest that I am overcoming every day is my family dynamic mm. um, and being born into the situation I was born into. Um, I, I, I just, I will share it because it is, it's what shaped me and also what has driven me the most to get into this field yeah. of work. I, my mom, who is white, was married to a white man and had an affair with a black man. And that is how I came to be. Mm-hmm. And I am so incredibly proud of my entire family, all of my parents, for being honest and and not hiding their, their mistakes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom... I remember my very first memory was my mom. I was in the basement with my sister and my mom. She was doing laundry. We were playing. I was probably three or four. I was really young. And she told my sister and myself, and my sister was born between her, my mom's husband, and my 
so she's white, and um, she told us, girls, I want you to know that you have different dads, and I remember looking at my mom, looking at my sister, looking at my mom, looking at my sister, like, oh, what does this mean, <laughs> and my sister thought about it, and she, she says, but we're still sisters, right? And she said, yeah, and, and I will always be your mommy. And that was that. And so I've known my story from a very young age, which I'm very proud of my mom for doing. Mm-hmm. My mom and my sister's dad did, they were divorced when I was two-ish, and my sister's dad adopted me. There was no paperwork, it just was. He was there when I was born, he signed the birth certificate, my birth certificate. Um, I saw him every other weekend. He, you know, supported me um, throughout the years. Um, He walked me down the aisle when I got married. He is my dad. He's Irish and Lithuanian. My entire maiden name was Irish and Lithuanian. So for me, that was beautiful but it was also really challenging. Mm-hmm. And especially knowing knowing of and having met my biological father and my half-siblings very sporadically throughout my life was really confusing. Right. So yeah. working through the fact that I, and this is a term that I used when I was younger, I was a mistake. Mm. I was not planned. I'm the result of an affair. I shouldn't be here. Why am I here? Um, so that was really hard growing up. Um, I also acknowledge that I am a people pleaser, and that stems from my up- upbringing. And I never once didn't feel absolutely loved. Mm-hmm. I will say that, but I was afraid of aband- of being abandoned mm-hmm. by my family, like I shouldn't be here. Mm. If I miss dad, they're gonna put me up for adoption or disown me. So it put a lot of pressure on me as a child. So that, that I will say is probably the biggest, I, and I'm still overcoming it right now. Mm. Um, and I realized actually fairly recently that my desire to move out of the Midwest stemmed from deep down I just wanted I wanted to get away I wanted to get away from my family dynamics Mm, I wanted to not have to explain how I'm related to my sister anymore right yeah Um, I so I I just that was not I didn't know that I didn't know that was the reason but I think underlying that was what was pushing me to get away because Mm -hmm. I, I was I was sick of it right yeah um at the beginning of every school year, I had to draw a family tree to my new classmates because they didn't understand how my sister was my sister, and my dad was my dad, and my mom was my mom. Oh, you must be adopted. No, I'm not adopted. No, let me explain to you why. But, you know, it's just, those are the situations that I I talk about um, mm. in my podcast and through coaching because it was it was painful, but I also didn't know how to navigate it. Right. Nobody told me. Mm. Nobody could tell me. Right. I, I didn't feel safe talking to my mom about these things when I was in the sixth grade. Mm. Um, so 
overcoming this, especially with the loss of, of my biological father, yeah. um, I feel like now I can't ask him certain questions. Uh, but I've learned so much through my relationship with my half siblings. Mm-hmm. And I was able to attend his memorial service. And it's just crazy to me that things are, I'm, I'm still learning things. Um, his best friend looked at me and said, oh my gosh, Rachel, I haven't seen you since you were lady bitty. I'm like, you saw me when I was little? <laughs> what? And he said, yes, your dad was so excited. I'm like, you knew? My parents knew? I wasn't a surprise? So it's just, so I'm still working through these things, which is wild. Um, yeah. But it's, it's beautiful. I've questioned a lot in my life. Why am I here? Mm. I think we all have had those moments. Like, what is, what is the point? What, why, why am I, especially me, I'm like, why have I been born into such a crazy, isolating situation? Why me? But I know why now. And it's to share my story, to help others feel less isolated and less alone and less weird because we get asked these questions. <laughs> this is why. And it's it's bigger than me. Hmm. I feel like a lot of our situations that we are put in, there's a bigger reason, a bigger why. Hmm. And now I know. And I'm really proud. I'm proud to be me. I'm proud to share my story. Because it's, although it's a, a unique one, it's a hard one too, but it's a beautiful one. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Sorry, that was a lot. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. That was just so, yeah. so beautiful, so inspiring. I love that so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I've, I've asked myself similar questions too. Yeah. It's, I feel, I feel mm-hmm. like we all have had our moments. Right, <laughs> but there's a reason, mm-hmm. and I firmly believe that everybody is here for a reason. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just it's really difficult figuring that out. Right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, how do you define success? What's a recent success that you've had? (laughs) Oh, I'm taking a moment. Recent success. Relaunching my podcast. I Mm -hmm. took a break 
for a while. Okay. Um, uh, I, I was a little overwhelmed with, with things, um, you know, raising three children. I do work a couple of days at the salon and the holidays and, you know, I started a couple of beta test groups and held workshops and it was really the workshops because those are work. Mm-hmm. Um, they take a lot of preparation and, mm-hmm. um, I, I just, I, it was a lot, uh, <laughs> on my plate. And so I, I paused it for a little bit longer than I anticipated. Um, so relaunching it and I did have, I did have emotions of, I guess a little bit of fear, like, what is this season going to hold? How mm. am I going to do this? Um, listening to your own podcast, as I'm sure you know, is really hard. <laughs> it's really hard to listen to your voice. And um, I realized I, my, my first three interviews, I had a sinus infection on all three of them. Oh. And we were, I have children. They were back in school without masks. We were perpetually ill. So it sounded like I was talking like this. <laughs> so listening to that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I, this isn't my voice. But I also realized that I needed to develop my interview skills. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have had that exact realization too. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. So relaunching, I'm like, am I good at this? <laughs> Awesome. Um, just a, a couple more questions. Yeah. What's what's something you're looking forward to? Um, speaking opportunities. I don't have any yet, but I'm calling them into my life. I'm manifesting them, mm-hmm. and that to me is absolutely wild. I never. I'm, I'm very introverted. I was never even able to raise my hand at a meeting with all of my coworkers <gasps> and speak without shaking and sweating and being really, really nervous. Right. Um, so when I look back at my past <laughs> fear of public speaking, I'm like, I want to speak publicly. <laughs> I want to travel and I want to talk about this topic. And what is wrong with me? <laughs> Am I crazy? Who is this person? Um, but that is what I'm looking forward to is this new career, this new realm of life for me. And I'm really, really proud to be here to do it. Um, so yeah, it's wild. I never thought I would want to travel and speak publicly, but here I am Yeah, surprising myself. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. I love it. Um, yeah, I guess that's, that's all of my questions. Do you have okay. anything anything else you wanted to add? Um, 
say a little bit more knowledge of accepting and understanding mistakes and mm-hmm. the trials that we go through. And I, I actually would like to share this story if you don't mind. Yeah. When my house flooded, my house flooded. I was actually in Utah with my best friends. We rented a camper van and drove around Utah for our 40th birthdays. And that was when my house flooded. And it flooded, it it was a two-story home and a pipe burst upstairs and spewed water for about 10 hours before it was discovered. I mean, it just absolutely destroyed. Um, And I wasn't, I wasn't in a good place. I felt out of control. I didn't know what was happening. All of my belongings, I have a really good relationship with my ex-husband, who's a paramedic firefighter. So they went into the house and they moved everything. But at the same time, I'm like, wow, the whole entire fire department is in my belongings right now. Yes. <laughs> this is awkward. This is awkward. Right. Um, <laughs> but it, it put me, and I asked him, I said, do you want me to come home early? He said, honestly, we've got it covered. If anything, you're just, you'll probably be a little emotional. So let us clear out the house, stay on your trip finish it up we've got it covered here and I I was grateful for that but at the same time to be to be so far away and have your whole home just destroyed was tough like I tried my best to to continue to enjoy my trip but deep down I was really struggling when we were driving from our last destination back to Salt Lake City it was about a six-hour drive and my best friend drove and she said I don't I don't want you to drive I want you to just hang out and so like okay what do I do um I always travel it's the weirdest thing (laughs) I always travel with these um, gift tags so there's either square or circular tags that has like a little metal aluminum rim and then paper Mm -hmm. and they're on a string and I do that such a nerd (laughs) I write inspirational quotes and I will leave them like in the airport or on a shelf in a grocery store and so so when I was stuck in this oh thank you um when I was in this space of just it was a low point it was a scary point and I was trying to be positive I'm like Mm -hmm. I'm gonna write down positivity and I'm gonna spread it all across the land because I feel like I'm losing I'm just losing Wow. So I did that, and um, it's just it, it still kills me that this happened. I did that. I went all across Salt Lake. I went into bars and like in women's bathrooms. I would leave a little note, or in the airport on my way home, I, I left them in little shops. And I hope somebody out there received the message that they needed at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I came back home and life proceeded and it just was chaos I mean my entire house was boxed up by a restoration company and put into shipping containers and I stayed with the most incredible friend a human being could ask for Mm -hmm. um, for 10 months while I figured out what I was going to do and the day that I got my own apartment which was brand new 1,300 square feet, absolutely beautiful. I worked so hard for this. Um, I've been through so much, too, and it just was really a significant event for me to be moving in 
on my own into this place, I found one of those tags in my car. And it's still in my car because it says, is this happening to me? And then you flip it over, is this, or is this happening for me? Yes, yeah. And I, it's still in my car. I see it every single day. I'm like, wow, that one was meant for me. Yeah, <laughs> wow. Isn't that crazy? I love that. So I hope that um, anybody listening can take away that perspective of there's a lot of beauty that can come from from some pretty tough things. Mm-hmm. And don't don't judge don't be so hard on yourself if you feel like you're failing we all do give yourself grace and we're here for a reason yeah i love that thank you so much you're so welcome thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the wise not withered podcast make sure to check out Rachel Goh's podcast, Mixed Movement. They can also be found on Instagram, mixed.movement. That's M-I-X-D dot movement. And her own personal Instagram is polished.velvet. And as usual, you can find the full transcript of this interview on wisenotwither.com. And stay tuned for next month's interview. Bye-bye.